Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. This is episode 63 of IG2G. I am one of your hosts, the Lightbearer, Mr. Eric. And with me today, as always, is the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. Here we are, another beautiful episode. We got all sorts of great stuff for you. Do you like facing off against weird ninja-like folks who want to murder you and you want to murder them? Well, I got a game for you. Are you and all your rowdy friends ready for some goddamn football? Because I got football for you, and I got Eric's favorite game. Honk! Oh my god, no! If you like honking around and having a bunch of fun, we got some stuff for you today. So stay tuned, folks, because here we go! Number five. So first up on the releases this week, we got a game that came out on the 17th of September for 15 bucks for Switch and PS4. I'm talking about Castle Crashers Remastered, developed and published by The Behemoth. If you don't know Castle Crashers, it's a game that came out 11 years ago. It's a four-player side-scrolling beat-em-up. I would say like River City Rampage or the Scott Pilgrim game, because in this game you play as a knight and the, the princess of your kingdom has been captured. The king charges you with going and getting her back, and you you go from left to right, beating people up, collecting gold, using that gold to get some items, to get all kinds of other cool upgrades, and you earn experience along the way, you level yourself up, you get better in strength, defense, magic, and agility, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's one of those beat-em-ups that, since it's got those light RPG mechanics, you can play it a little more... You know, it doesn't feel so just simple of just left to right as like a final fight where you just go mashing through and once you beat it, that's it. In this one, since you're leveling up your character and each of the characters is slightly different enough, you can unlock a whole slew of characters. They have slightly different enough abilities and play just differently enough that once you find your, you know, your preferred knight or other character that you can unlock, you kind of you really want to put those points into leveling them up. You want to go back into those stages, grind some experience, even though it's not really a grind because the, the simple beat-em-up combat is so fun. So you want to go through, replay those stages, earn that experience, level yourself up, strength, defense, magic, and agility, and you just make that character play the way you want to play or you know, give that character the strengths that you want to get. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun. It's one of those games I really got hooked into Back when it first came out, again in 2008, I played through a ton, a ton, a ton. I think I mastered at least two of the different knight characters. And like I said, each one has their own specific magic theme or like magical attacks. Like some do fire attacks, some do ice attacks, some do... I think there was one that did poison attacks. Some don't have magic but have other abilities. So it's a lot of fun to unlock new characters and then play as that character, see what the abilities are, see if you like that character more than your other one, and then, like I said, grind in the in the quote-fingeriest way possible. Go back through these fun stages as this fun character, having more fun, leveling up, getting gold to buy new items, new weapons that all have different stats and effects. Maybe, you know, maybe sometimes they just look cosmetically different, but they're stat-wise identically the same as as ones you have, but they're just more fun to use. You can get uh, little animal companions. I think they're called, like, animal orbs. They're like little floaty dudes that, that, you know, kind of float along with you, and they have, they give you certain abilities too, like some will actively damage enemies, some will help you find hidden items, you know, some might protect you from, you know, a, a deadly attack or something. So there's a lot of stuff to unlock in this game. And since the core gameplay is so fun, it's fun to unlock stuff. It's fun to go back into certain levels and, oh, this sub-boss has the little animal orb with him. And maybe, you know, you really like your little floating dragon dude, but his cool ram head guy, you know, has some effect that you don't know about yet. So you want to go back in there, beat that sub-boss, get his little animal orb, take it out of the stage with you, and then go back to the the little hub area where you can check out what all your animals do, where you can check out what all your weapons do. It's just a lot of fun, and it's really... I mean, it's really simple when you boil it down. It's a four-player side-scrolling beat-em-up. There's nothing really fancy about it, but what it does, it does really well. It's stylish, it's fun. I will say the only knock I have on it is some of the humor is kind of immature. Like, there's some poop jokes thrown in there that I, d- I feel like don't really need to be there. But 
it doesn't bring down an overall great experience. It looks great. It sounds great. It plays great. It's a lot of fun to unlock all your whole arsenal, your, your, your whole pile of characters, all the little animal orbs. It's just a really fun game. So I mean, it's just a really fun experience. So if you want more of that classic beat em up style with a little bit of RPG-ness, hit up Castle Crashers Remastered. I guarantee you're going to have a good time, especially if you get some friends to play with you. It's a blast. Go pick it up. Enjoy. Number four. First up on my releases this week is a little DLC called Rage 2 Rise of the Ghosts. This is coming out, well, I shouldn't say coming out. This is out right now for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the PC. As you all know, or may not know, I of course bought Rage back, Rage 2 when it came out, played the entire game, did almost every single little side mission there was, and beat it, of course. So I do know a little bit about this game. And as you also may know or may not know, I talked about it, and this game wasn't what I was hoping it was going to be. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a really expensive, like, RPG-esque type game, skills, abilities, lots of side quests, things like that, a lot of places to explore. And it has all that stuff, but it doesn't have it the way I thought it would. It was kind of straightforward, basic, uh, kind of shtick. You could just go through without doing any of it and still beat the game. However, with that being said, I know it sounds like a negative, it was still a lot of fun. The combat in that game, the gunplay, is phenomenal. The abilities are fun, and you can and will use a ton of them. So, the game's overall enjoyable. I just don't think it has the meat and the story behind it to kind of make it memorable. I guess maybe that's the way to put it. So, I say this. It's been a long time. I'm sure you can find this game for probably pretty cheap somewhere. And I would say it's worth it if you can find it for cheap. And the DLC is 15 bucks right now. And it comes with a whole new area, whole new huge area to explore. Obviously, a new story involving the Shrouded and their leader and what they're up to and doing. You get new void abilities for your, your telekinetic stuff. There's a new gun, a Feltrite laser. So if you like this game or think you might like this game, I would encourage you to pick it up, the Rage 2 base, play it, and then, of course, maybe come pick up this DLC because for 15 bucks. You're getting a whole new area, all this good stuff I just mentioned to you. And if you love just blowing enemies up in all sorts of creative, fun ways and watching explosions, this game has it in spades. But I'm going to be quite upfront and honest. If you really want a big, substantial story that's going to kind of keep you interested and keep you in there, this probably isn't going to be what you're looking for. Not to say there isn't a story. It just isn't something that's going to hold you. Or maybe it will. I don't know. You be the judge for yourself. I'm just telling you right now, the gunplay in this game is fantastic. And I foresee it to continue to be awesome with this very first DLC, which there will be more in the future. But this one right now, Rise of the Ghosts, is out for you to check out. And if you already own it, I'd say why not pick it up? Because like many of you, I had a good time with it. And yeah, there you go. Pada bing, bada boom. Number three. Next up on the list in the releases, we got a game that I think dropped on the 27th of September for 30 bucks, but I couldn't really find a lot of info on the release date. Just like I couldn't find a lot of info on the developer and publisher. Now, I got the developer, that's Canuck Play, but I don't know if they're also the publisher or if they're not, because there's not a lot of info floating around on this game. But it caught my eye. Because the name of this game is Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2019. And I am the biggest Doug Flutie fan in the world. When he was the quarterback for my Bills, That was those were the best seasons of watching football ever. Because Doug Flutie's awesome. He's great. And now he's on this game. He's in this game. What is this game? It's out for PS4 and Xbox One. And what this is, it's an unlicensed football game. Which, I mean, on its own, is pretty unique. Like, there's not, you know, for consoles, there's not a lot of football games out there other than just Madden because everyone else died and gave up or the college football rights have, you know, gotten to, to be such a storm of controversy. But if you want to play some football for on the cheap for 30 bucks, you can, you can get Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2019. Now, what's, what, what's unique about this game? What's cool about this game? This isn't the unique part, but I'm starting it off. I'm starting off with this. You can play regular American football with quote fingers pro teams. Obviously, you know, no licensed logos, no licensed names, no licensed team names, but you have, you know, approximations. You're going to play in with the Dallas, you know, 
alligators or something, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing, but you know, they're going to have rankings and, and stats kind of based off of real players. So you got U S pro teams, you can play a season or just, you know, quick play now games with those. You also have Canadian teams because the people who Canuck play, duh, that's, that's Canadian. They also have done some, you know, some CFL games, not, well, probably not licensed by the CFL, but they do Canadian football games. So you can play with professional Canadian teams in a season format slash play now. But the big thing that everyone's happy about Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2019 about is you can also play with college teams. Again, no licenses, just approximations, but there hasn't been a, an officially licensed college football game out for, you know, for consoles in video game world since I think college football 2014. So if you do the, if you do the weird, the weird math, that means not since 2013 has there been a college football game available for people to play. Now, again, this is, this is totally, you know, totally un, un, unlicensed. It's, it doesn't have, you know, your real teams. You're not going to be playing with the MSU Spartans, the greatest team in the whole world. But it does have a full 130 college roster with players and stats and rankings based on what the current, you know, setup is. Like there's, I think I was watching some reviews and they were like, well, there's a Chattanooga team in Alabama that's ranked number one and has, you know, like the, the similar color schemes to what, Alabama is, you know, this Georgia team, Florida State team, but you know, it's all, it's all may, maybe different colors and different logos and different names, obviously. But what's cool about this is not only can you play college teams, you know, play some college ball, unlicensed though it may be, what you can also do is play a dynasty mode in, with those college teams, which is something, again, we haven't been able to do for six full years. And the other thing you can do is you can fully customize all those teams, all those quote fingers universities, all the players. So if you really want to put the effort in, you can probably make your awesome Michigan State University Spartans or your local college team of choice, put them in your dynasty and just, you know, have a blast going through. If you're a franchise type person, if you're a dynasty type person and a big college football fan, you, you don't need me to explain why that's awesome. I mean, we haven't had anything like this for six years, like I said. And, you know, I remember those days. I used to be a pretty big sports gamer. I kind of fell out of it lately, but I, I loved taking my Boise State Broncos through Dynasty mode, creating certain characters, kind of playing out little storylines in my head. I don't know. It was a ton of fun. Now, I will say the presentation on this game is not that great. If you're looking at the graphics, if you're looking at the gameplay, you're like, oh man, this doesn't look like the realistic stuff that we see, you know, from Madden every year. Well, here's a pro tip. Canuck Play has a team of three developers, and I think they said they had two interns that helped work on it over summer. So this is an indie football game. And from, from, from that, from the fact that there are only five people that worked on this game, I think what they did is pretty good. Now, like I said, it's not going to look like Madden. It's going to look something more like along the lines of like the 2K games, the NFL football 2K games from Dreamcast slash early Xbox 360 era. But for a team of five people, it looks pretty awesome. Like I said, the polish isn't quite there. It's not AAA team. But for an indie football game, I think you can't go wrong. Now, the only thing that people are getting in a hubbub about is maybe the price point because... 30 bucks is a little steep, but if you don't want to pay 60 bucks for Madden and you want to get some football, and you want to get your football fix, you can't go wrong with Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2019. It may not be the greatest football game out there. It may not have the shiniest polish. It may not have all your licensed people, but you can play a college football dynasty if you've been if you've been craving and itching and scratching for a college football game, pick this one up. And hey, if you just want to play as Doug Flutie, the greatest quarterback who's ever lived, the coolest dude, the most fun quarterback to watch ever in the history of the NFL, he actually is in this game. You can play as Doug Flutie on whatever unlicensed team he plays for <laughs> in the game. Doug Flutie's the man. I would say also, you know, I've been watching some reviews and, you know, reading up on Twitter about this game. And this is this is a small team that does make you know they're trying to make this a series. So if you want to help support an indie dev in making their dreams come true, if you want to help support some kind of alternative to the Madden Monopoly, check it out. 
Give them some money. I mean, you can also just go on their Patreon and support them that way as well. They've got a Patreon there. Or just pick up Doug Flutie's Maximum Football 2019. Number two. My second release for the day is another title, which I'm very familiar with. And I I went back and forth on whether I was going to talk about it, but you know what? I can't get enough of it, and I don't think anybody should miss this. It's a must-play on a million different sites. So, hey, I'm going to mention it again. Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, the definitive edition for the Switch, has come to the Nintendo Switch as of September 27th. You can pick it up. Now, obviously, it's got the entire base game with it on the Switch, so you can play it on the go, play it at home, play it on the big screen, anywhere you want. It's still a beautiful JRPG, colorful as all hell, a lighthearted story, the bad guy tries to get rid of the good guy when their baby fails, the baby grows up to fulfill their destiny, joins up with a bunch of friends to conquer the evil, and maybe or maybe doesn't succeed. Who knows? All I know is you gotta play to find out. What's different and this, besides it being on the Switch and being able to be taken wherever you want, it also has uh, the ability to alter outfits without changing your gear. So now you can look the way you want to look without having to wear crappy gear, which I wish this was in the other one. It just drives me up a freaking wall that it wasn't because there were so many swords that just looked amazing that I could never wear because, of course, I had to wear whatever was the best. Now, the big one here, the the, the big game changer is this version also allows you to change between HD, which is what it's standardly played in, or 16-bit visuals. When I saw this back in the day, I was just ecstatic, and I swore I was going to get it for the Switch because that sounded phenomenal. I grew up playing, of course, old-school RPGs, so the ability to not only play it with its beautiful, colorful, high HD graphics, but also go back and do the 16-bit visuals... I, I thought that was just the cat's meow. Not only that, but you can go from symphonic or synth music. So you can get the old, you know, bit chip tunes or whatever you want to call those. Doo, 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 doo. Or the cool, symphonic, crazy, orchestral, awesome music that, you know, you come used to having in your games. You also get the English, Japanese audio. And, oh, what else? Uh, there was something else. Oh. When you're riding on mounts, you can also attack enemies and stuff instead of having to dismount and, you know, go that route. So some basic cool little changes here and there. I think there's several other, but you get the drift. This version is also, oh gosh, I almost forgot. Yeah, one big version is while you're playing this game, you can also go to 2D lands and visit like other Dragon Quest worlds. So you can like play through like little mini areas of like Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Quest 4 and 8. So if you're interested in doing something like that, there you go. The Definitive Edition has it for you. And if you're not interested in that, you're a crazy person because it sounds freaking phenomenal. The unfortunate reality is, though, I bought this on the PlayStation 4 back when it first arrived because, sadly, even though I swore I was going to get it for the Switch so I could see it in the 16-bit, I couldn't wait a whole year to play it, which is basically what it took for this game to come out on the Switch. Very disappointing, very sad. But for those of you who never picked it up or did wait... I think you're in for a treat. In fact, I don't think. I know you're in for a treat. So go pick up this title if you haven't already. It's phenomenal. Number one. And last but certainly not least, this week in the releases, it's the Untitled Goose Game. Now, people are saying, oh, it's the aptly titled Untitled Goose Game. It's not the title. It has no title. It is the Untitled Goose Game. It's not titled Untitled Goose Game. Just look. Just It's a, it's a semantics point. I don't care. Just, just know that I'm right. What I'm saying is right. Don't, that's not the title. It is the untitled goose game. Anyway, this dropped on the 20th of September for 20 bucks and or 15 bucks because it has a 25% launch window discount. So you can get it for 15 bucks right now, probably if you're listening to this, if you do it real quick. This dropped for PC, Mac, and Switch, developed by House House, published by Panic. I think, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the marketing or like the first tweet, like when they revealed the untitled goose game, it was, it's a lovely morning in the village and you are a horrible goose. That's all you need to know. You're a goose. You're making trouble for the citizens. You're going around stealing their things. You're making them mad. You're honking at them and scaring them. You're popping out of the bushes with a honk and a flap of your wings and freaking them out and making them fall on their butts. Oh, it's, you got to watch this game in action. 
There's not much more to say about it other than you're a goose messing with people. I mean, you get a to-do list of tasks to perform, and some of them are kind of puzzly. But you walk around and you irritate people, and that's what you do. But you have to watch this game in action. You have to watch trailers. You have to watch some gameplay of it. you got to watch reviews. you got to see that goose bumbling and goobling and hoppling around with his little neck all swaying and his little butt all wiggling around and his big old floppy goose feet. And then you got to see it go into like sneak mode where it like lowers its head all down. And it's like sneak up on somebody to steal something out of their hand. And you got to see it wobble away as you, as you run away and the people are chasing you. This game is so charming and beautiful and like innocent and fun. It's just what I need, just what I need after, you know, playing violent games like all of us gamers do play nonstop violent games. This is pure and sweet and silly and fun. And I'm in love with the Untitled Goose game. You need, to, you gotta play it. You gotta get some fun in your life. Play the Untitled Goose game. I've heard, you know, it's only a few hours long. Maybe, you know, a couple, maybe a little bit more if you wanna get all the items off of the checklist to do. If you wanna, you know, solve every, not like puzzle, but like every series of interactions you need to do to cross these items off your list. It's just silly fun, and I think that's something we need more of in this day and age. So go have some ridiculous fun. Be a horrible goose in the Untitled Goose Game. Imposter's Topic of the Day. So the topic this week comes to us from, actually, the What You Play in Third Shift discussion that we had not too long ago, last night as we were recording this. So we were talking about World of Warcraft Classic and something you noticed in that, and it spiraled into this whole conversation about all these social games and ways that companies are taking the. This, we'll just get Let's into just it. Jump in. Tell us what it is. Tell it. Tell us what it is about World of Warcraft Classic that you love, and we'll get into the whole discussion. All right. So been playing World of Warcraft Classic. And, of course, it was brought to my attention through getting back into it and having all the people I used to play with contacting me, getting a guild back together, and getting inside this game, that, oh, crap, MMOs back in the day when they were first created, it was all about the social interaction. You know, mm. getting together with the guys and gals and just talking and laughing, strategizing to do the dungeons because they were actually tough and required you to pay attention and help one another and do your roles properly, casting, you know, the, the mm. sheeps and the stuns, etc., etc., so on and so forth. That required you to communicate, and that required you to communicate beyond just a, a little sign back then. So you actually had to talk to people. And then, boom, mm -hmm. if you were, you know, these were good people, you could bond and get them in your clan or guild, and then so on and so forth, making up this awesome social experiment that turned into just a wonderful time, great friends throughout the mm -hmm. years, and everything else. And, of course, we noticed, and we'll get into it here in a second, that through the years, it's evolved and changed dramatically. So we kind of wanted mm -hmm. to just go over how it was, what it is now, how it changed, why it changed, should we, do we hope to see it change back? Do we like where it's gone? That kind of thing. Hmm. Now, obviously, I have never played World of Warcraft other than a couple times with you and the guys, but this really kind of got in my head with the changes to Overwatch and League of Legends over the years. Because I'm, I'm not a super old school League of Legends guy, but I played back when you queued up and you queued up in the room, and then basically whoever called whatever role they wanted first got it. You couldn't queue up based on what role you wanted, what lane you wanted, anything. So when you went into that room and you saw, oh, I want, I'm going top, I'm going mid, I'm going bot, ADC, I'm jungle, well, you are now support. And if you don't play that support, or you don't communicate, hey, I'm a really good jungle, would you mind switching to support? Actually, you know, working back and forth with your teammates before they're even really your teammates, you were screwed. You were just, you were the guy who was causing trouble. Mm -hmm. But nowadays with, again, Overwatch has done it most recently, but League of Legends, you can queue up for just the role you want. So if you want to play inside just this little tiny box and not have to, have to talk to people, have to bargain with people, have to plan out what you're doing, you can just sit there and click a button and then, Never talk to anybody again because you got queued up to fill the support role, and that's just that's just what you're doing. And I feel like that that really takes away all the social aspects of it. And we'll get into some pros and cons in a little bit, but 
I feel like it totally defeats the purpose of these social games that you have to play with teammates where you just, I'm queuing up as me and I don't care what anybody else is doing because the system's going to tell them what to play and it's going to tell me what to play and I don't have to think or move or change or interact. It's just, mm-hmm. And I got problems with it, man. Well, you know, and before we jump into that, I'll just go ahead and, and let you know that in Classic, like I was saying, you had to work mm. together. You had to talk to one another. Or you got to the point where you're so good that everybody knew their spot. But whatever. Back mm. then, it, generally speaking, you needed a guild and you needed to talk to people and communicate. And there were no uh, automatic cues. There were no instant LFGs. Mm. There was none of that. So if you wanted to go to a dungeon, you had to go in your guild chat and say, Hey, four of you want to come with me? If not, maybe we can pug one or two and try to find them. Then you'd have to go to the trade chat and you'd have to ask people, Hey, you know, anybody mm. looking for this? We need this DPS and a healer or so whatever it was. And then you, oh, I need that. Oh, cool. I'm glad you need that. Do you want to join us? And then, as we talked about before, that creates, that creates a little bond, a micro bond in which Mm -hmm. this person came to you and said, I would like to come with you. Mm -hmm. So now there's an expectation that you're going to, you want to go and you're going to go and you're going to try to do your job correctly because you just Mm -hmm. reached out to go to this thing. Whereas with LFG, there's all sorts of people in there. People who do want to play. People who are trying to get things done. There's people who don't want any interaction, don't care, act mm-hmm. like they're AIs, which is we'll get to this part. But which is what I do mostly in current games now that have social stuff. I just mm-hmm. don't even realize, don't even think about the fact that they're people anymore because you don't need yeah. to. But it creates a little micro bond where they are going to. Usually, not always, of course, you run into millions of bad people no matter what, but they're going to try and you're going to hopefully talk to them and they're going to talk to you and then maybe at the end of it, you'll say, well, you were awesome. You know, we'll keep you on the checklist if we need an extra person here and there. Whereas nowadays with the instant cues, none of that happens. It's changed entirely. And especially with that old school system, there's, 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 there's benefits on both ends. Like there's, they want to go through the dungeon you want an extra person with you that you you both have to you have to work together to make what you want to happen happen because if you're a douchebag and you're you know a solo person with no guild you go into a dungeon with people and you just act a fool and act like an idiot you're not going to get picked up by anybody by this group or you know the next group you get you'll never you'll never become part of a of a group of a whole of a team so you will always be looking for dungeons, and if you can't just queue up instantly and instantly get into one, you're gonna just you're never gonna do any of the stuff. Uh-huh. So it's the you you both sides have to make that social interaction work, and when they have stuff like instant queues and LFGs, I feel like that's you don't even have to think about it. You just I'm I'm going to get in. It might take 20 minutes to find the queue or whatever, I'm but gonna plug I'm in. just gonna get in. It doesn't matter. And the, and the robot knows I'm a DPS. So it's going to yeah. autofill every role for me. I don't got to think about it. I don't got to ask anybody. I don't got to possibly change my role because mm. somebody else really wants to go, but they can only do heals, but I can do heals or DPS, so therefore, bada bing, bada boom. Mm. None, none of that happens. It's just I, I click the button, and it's going to get me in. And I feel I feel like we asked for that a long time ago, and this is the funny part of it all. When I was first playing yeah. these MMOs, we used to always say, man, I wish there was an LFG or something because... Because it did suck sometimes. You, you'd have only a couple guildies mm. on. You know, it's a slow day, but you really want to get the couple of your dungeon grind on for that day. And you had to go to trade chat. And mm. you're just asking away, begging people, hey, anybody want to do this? Please, somebody. An hour and a half goes by sometimes before you fill the role or the two roles, whatever it is, to go into a dungeon. Back in the mm-hmm. day when you were first started, I could, I could uh, afford to lose that time. You know, I was in yeah. I was in college. You know, whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. It sucked, but it wasn't. Well, there was no skin off my back. But as mm. we got older, I feel like the game started to evolve with us as we got older, and started having these full time jobs, kids, etc. And I was like, look, mm. I got an hour and ten minutes. I want to play this game, but if it doesn't have some sort of instant cue, instant mechanic where I can push a button, go play, have fun in the dungeon, and get the heck off and go to bed because I got to go work tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm not playing your game anymore. Which, for a while, is what happened. And then the mm-hmm. MMOs all started to incorporate the LFG. And then, obviously, we, as we can get into here a little bit, the evolution of MMOs into the Destiny-type games, etc., 
came around, which mm-hmm. incorporated social aspects, but kept it a single-player game, basically, you know, which is yeah. weird, but hey. <laughs> and, and just like you said, I can totally see the benefit of that instant queue. If none of your friends are on and you want to run through some dungeons or you want to go to this dungeon that's, you know, you really like the the mechanics of it, but nobody wants to go with you. It, you, Of course, you need to have a mechanic that lets you queue up for that thing. Or in League of Legends, you know, a team-based game, I'm, I, I can do solo top, I can do mid, I can do support, I can do ADC maybe, but I'm a terrible jungler. So if I want to go in and not have to stress out about getting, you know, forced to be jungle, and if I can just queue up for, all right, this is priority one, two, and three for the roles I get, hey, it put me in as as mid lane. Okay, cool. I'm comfortable with that. I don't have to stress out when my buddies aren't on and I just want to play some quick matches, you know, because like we said, it's easy. It 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 fixes the the problems in the system. If you are just a solo person, it's perfect for you. Now you don't have to worry about building a team or, you know, people questioning where you are and what you're going to do because you click that button and it's so I, I definitely see the pros as much as I, I dislike the, the breaking of the social construct here. I definitely see the pros for single players because, I mean, I, I used it a few times. I would use it if I was queuing up, like, well, we talked about this before, but like if I was queuing up for ranked in Overwatch and I don't want to play a tank, well, I'm going to queue up for DPS or support and that's just what I'm going to get. And I'm not going to have to stress about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to get into the game and have people going, well, we need a support, you f***ing idiot. It's going to be you. you got to do it. You don't have that stress. So I, I get it, but at the same time, it's it's got the, pro- it's got the problems. I don't like mm-hmm. it. Well, and that's why it was created, though. It was created so that way everybody could get in and play no matter what, whether you only had yeah. an hour or you had 10 hours. And then, and like once again, with these destinies and these other, and, and while current and everybody else, they're like, well, the guilds are still here. You still want to get in a guild. You still want to do all the things. But here's the problem is, except for the clicks, unless you've already got like a big group of friends, because mm. for my, my own example, in World of Warcraft, my guild disbanded long ago, all went spread to the winds, heads, mm. kids, quit playing. I joined another guild once I came back, and nice enough folks, but most of the time, they're not in no chat. They're not in Discord. They're not doing anything. They're just all LFGing their dungeons, you know, doing their grinds, LFGing their raids. Yeah. And the only time they're on is on the raid night when they all do get onto Discord and do the raid. But guess what? Mm-hmm. Typical strategy stuff here is if you're not in the raid, you can't be in the channel with them because you got to keep the mm-hmm. lines clear and keep things flowing. So I don't know who these people are. I don't get a chance to yeah. talk to them. I'm not part of their clique. I wasn't there when they first formed to get their little group going. So unless they need mm. a player to step up and become a raider to take place of somebody that's already in there, you're never going to talk to them. You're never going to hear from them unless mm. the few times maybe you can get a five-man group. But that's so rare because, oh, let me see. Let me ask my guildies, a lot of which whom I don't really know, see if they want to come mm. and then I'm now all of a sudden I'm the leader because I, I'm the one who started this so they're going to look at me to mark yep. the enemies do the thing all this crap or I push this magic button right here and I just mm. go in with four random stupid bozo the clowns and we just roll right through I'm not a leader I don't got to talk to anybody engage in anything dungeon's over I walk away sweet cool beans I mean, like you said, nowadays you're not really incentivized to be in a in a team to to find friends to be in a guild because yeah, sure you're in a guild and you have guildies, but like you said, they're they're nobody to yeah, you. They're just strangers because it's it, everyone is LFRing their own stuff, LFG and all their own stuff. So they're playing with strangers. You're playing with strangers. Everyone is now a stranger to each other instead of being a team. Like especially. League of Legends, when I found my team, I had those people that I rolled with. Uh-huh. And even if there were side people that, you know, friends of friends, I would see them in games because they'd pull them in to fill. And then I'd know, even if we never talked, that person's really cool. This person's awesome. That's a solid tank. And even if, you know, my main friends weren't on there, hey, I'm going to play some games. Let me invite all these cool people that I met who were totally cool people. But now, I don't need to invite anybody. I can just click a button and just go play by myself and not even not even pay attention to the names of the people that I'm in the team with 
because it's just random people and it'll be random people the next game. I'm never going to learn who anybody is or find anybody or become friends with anyone unless you have that one really cool match and both of you were just talking up a storm and you just hook onto each other. But otherwise it's just, they're all, they're all robot people. They're, Everyone's meaningless, even though they got their names above their head. Who cares? I'm never gonna remember that person. I'm never gonna remember them, never gonna talk to them again, more than likely. And that's Mm -hmm. that's where I feel the problem is coming, is I like the the expedience of it all, but I dislike the fact that there's no more actual interactions and the bonding of friends. Like I like I said, man, those Mm -hmm. those individuals I met through World of Warcraft back in the classic days and grew Mm -hmm. all those years through with, they're real friends. I've met some of them in real life, but even the ones I haven't they're real friends. Like I like well when we did Wild Classic again, instantly picked right back up where we left off. And that's yep. how you know that's a friend because you don't have to do like the awkward uh you know, any of that. It's you go, mm-hmm. Oh, Chris, dude, forever, man. Hey, check it out. Yeah. And it's just bam, you're already instantly talking again, hanging out, doing whatever. And it's like, yeah, because we did it for freaking ten years and mm-hmm. now it's just, hey, here you are again, buddy. It, it was it was wonderful. It was great. It was like super cool. Yeah. And there's no bond. I haven't not experienced that ever since. There's all these mm-hmm. games out right now, Destiny amongst them, where it's hey we've got clans and join a clan and you're gonna want to do the things and this oh man look at how cool and family and friend oriented we are and I'm like I've never made a single friend in any of these social games and I quote from social mm-hmm. games since World of Warcraft Classic and I'm like it just yeah, isn't I'm- there. I'm in that same boat because I've I've got a bunch of people on my PSN friends list from Overwatch and Division, all these other you know social games that we played, but it's because I randomly hooked up with them once. We're on a random team. We did well, stuck around for a round or two, and we we friended each other. And then we never we never a never got in a chat, and b never saw each other again after that. Like I see him on see these people on. I'm like, oh hey, Lizak's playing Overwatch. Cool. If I feel like playing Overwatch, I play, but I never invite anybody because it's just, I don't know what it is. Well, I can, I, and from my end, I can tell you what it is. And this is from mostly from Destiny 1 when I was still trying. Uh, and hmm. I was like, you know, like, we got to meet these new people. You know, you got to, we got to try this again. And in Destiny, I'll give it this. It does try. It has the clans now that you can join. So it's like little hmm. guilds. Obviously, you can use any kind of method you want for talking to one another, Discord, PlayStation, whatever it is. And then you can coordinate. They got raids, which you can only do by actually getting a group of your friends or people together. So you got to do it old school, you know, World of Warcraft mm-hmm. way, which is tough, by the way, for whatever reason. Now I can't seem to get that many friends anymore. But but yeah. then for their lower end stuff, it's just hit the button. It'll throw you in with some people and you can play. So it's trying to combine okay. the best of both worlds. However, yeah. the problem, I think is less to do with Destiny. Destiny is trying, and they're, they're putting where they can. It's people. People mm. have changed over the years. The the dynamic, What it is, when I used to do stuff in World of Warcraft Classic, Burning Crusade, and Wrath, I would join random groups. And for the most part, there's always exceptions, there was always a few, people were generally yeah. quiet, cool, chill, or friendly, or mm. whatever. Once in a while, you came across someone who was toxic or crazy as hell, doing something bananas. Mm-hmm. It happened. Now, in this, like I said, this is mostly from Destiny 1. I, I stopped really trying because it was just too much. In Destiny 1, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get in chat, and I'd get in a random group to go do Volta Glass or something. And I'd get in there, and it's, hey, you motherfucker, you ain't, you ain't got the, you dumb piece of shit. And then, like, blaring mm-hmm. music in the background, some idiot. Oh, yeah. And then it was just nuts, and it happened over and over and over over every group mm-hmm. i was in at least one person was some kind of whack job doing mm-hmm. and saying the craziest crap being just an a-hole to everybody toxic it was nuts i i couldn't believe it i was like is it just because it's mm-hmm. a shooter like is this kind of kind of people that flock to this genre i don't know mm-hmm. if it is or not because I don't have much experience beyond that. I mean, Diablo, I used to team up with people, but that was always mm-hmm. usually calm and cool, collected. But I don't know. I mean, that's all I really have for it, and it was bad. <laughs> no good. <laughs> well, I, I didn't go through that exact same experience, but in League of Legends, notoriously toxic game, since it is so team-based, you would occasionally have that 
you know, one random person because you just jumped into a random game who is super toxic. But usually at the same time, since you, you're paired up in certain lanes, or you, if you're a jungler, you watch certain lanes a little better. As a team or, or a duo, we would all kind of like watch each other's backs against this toxic person. And so that's where you'd get a lot of that friendship going. Like, oh, he's he's ripping on the support for not helping out. So as a jungler, I'm going to go down and help the support out down in that lane. And it was it, it was less, since there wasn't voice chat in the game at that point, it was, you know, they'd type out all this horrible crap. You'd mute them, and then you would just converse with everybody else that was left on the team. Nobody could really dominate, you know, the the voice chat or the, the team communication. Mm-hmm. But I agree, once you get into, like I've been in a lot of Overwatch games where it's the same thing. Same guy with the loud music, screaming and yelling. But then there's no way to, I mean, you can mute that player, but if no one else is talking, there's no way to like team up, not against him, but team up with each other to defend each other from that that loud character, that toxic person. Mm-hmm. And I was just, just going to say that Overwatch, I've experienced that too with the, the obnoxious mm-hmm. individuals, just catcalling. And, and that's where it is. I, I don't even think that the individuals doing this are per se bad people. I think that it's become yeah. kind of like a, a culture thing, like to get on there mm-hmm. and do you even know what you're doing? Blah, you know, like, and it's because I think it's a, it's a problem that's evolved because exactly what we were talking about they know they don't have to respect you. They don't have to mm-hmm. talk to you because they're, you're just some chump AI robot to them whom they're not going to see again. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And especially yeah. if they don't think you're playing good, they really don't care because they don't mm-hmm. want to play with you again. So they're going to just roast history you, go nuts on you because now I'm having fun because I'm laughing because I'm just ripping this dude apart or girl apart or whoever it is. They're going to cry mm-hmm. and leave. So even if I lose, oh, well, at least I got to be crazy cool and be, like, you know, toxic and psycho to this person. And, yeah, and on mm. to the next match with the next robot chump, whom hopefully is good or maybe won't be. <laughs> but then you also get the complete opposite end of that spectrum where nobody yeah. talks. Nobody says a nobody word to anybody. Nobody helps each other. Nobody talks. You just, I'm, I'm just in my zone doing my thing. And, you know, hey, we're losing Charlie over here. We're losing Alpha over there. Oh, well, I'm standing just, here on Bravo, just ping, yep. ping, ping, just doing my thing, I'm just, 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 getting, my just kills, getting my kills, not not capping the point, not supporting the team. And it's like, well, you, I don't, it's so weird because I'd rather have somebody talk than not, but most of the random people who talk are that toxic mm-hmm. person. So it's just, there's both ends of the spectrum are wrong. We got, everybody's got to beat in the it's, middle and that's what, well, and that's, that's what these systems were designed that's for. That's why the original MMOs had it right. They forced you mm-hmm. to actually, like, not person to person meet, but close enough right. to it. And as yeah. you, as everybody always says, hey, you wouldn't say it to me in real life. It's it's very true. If you were actually yeah. sitting there in a room with me talking to me, you're not going to treat me like that. You're not going to talk to me like that mm-hmm. because that heart, you're you know, you wouldn't want that the backlash or the problems that could come with it. And that's why the right. old school MMOs were so great is because you actually had to engage with that person. So that person went, I'm engaging with Tingleberry. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Tingleberry turns to be a psychopath. Okay. Hey, all f- 120 people in my clan or guild, Tingleberry is mm-hmm. a psychopath. We have just banned him, aborted him. He's no longer welcome in any of our groups. Everybody remembered Tingleberry. Now he Tingleberry's got 120 less people that he'll ever be able to talk to or play with in this game. Tingleberry goes, oh, crap, dude, over and over again. He has to leave the server because everybody knows he's a douchebag. I was going to say, and even if it's not in a guild, since you're, try, you're both trying to get something from each other, you find out he's a douchebag, you're going to remember who that uh-huh. was instead of this you know, anonymous AI robot world that we live in right now. Since you went and asked and he was... You know, you tried to have an interaction in a, in a trade of skills back and forth. Now you know him. You're going to remember mm-hmm. him. And you won't join up with and, him. Yeah. And you'll remember the good people just as much, if not even more, exactly. because of that well, same thing. Because you'll thing. invite them to your guild, or you'll invite them at least to your mm-hmm. friends list so you can invite them to other things whenever there it comes go, across. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, even those psychopaths that I've encountered in Destiny and Overwatch, I don't remember them. 
I'll just hop in chat, and here they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a big little, 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 little. Steve727244 Buttman. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's acting yeah. crazy. I'm like, I don't got time for this. Click him out. Mm-hmm. He's off my memory. But guess what? Yeah. A week later, maybe he's right back in the dang rotation. There he is again, screaming mm-hmm. and hollering, being Steve Buttman, whatever. But I still mm-hmm. don't remember. I'll never remember. It just click, 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 because I can leave and come right back. It's not. There's no consequence. It doesn't matter. And it's the same with the good players, the players who do come and help you out. Uh-huh. You know, they're there for three or four matches, and then they go for whatever reason. Maybe they're actually busy in real life. You you can't remember who was, was his name, like Wing Ting seventy. I, I don't was remember. A fun three matches with so, him. <sighs> so you guys can be back in the same matches. You could be playing together all week and still not remember. remember or recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just feel I feel like we got away from the core of what made the social mm. game good. But at the yeah. same time, back then we had the time to spend to create those friendships, to create those encounters. Whereas now we're True. older, and you know, like I said, I don't have that kind of time. I don't have the time to spend creating all these different relationships, but I want them. Mm-hmm. I want them, but I don't have the time to create them. But what's come yeah. of it, which is the instant gratification and getting to play with humans, but not actually have to care or try... It's created an environment I don't really like, but at the same time appreciate because it at least lets me play the game. Yeah, it's it's the convenience factor. Mm-hmm. Now you can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it, and not have to rely on a you know getting an actual team together. To, like if you could play baseball by yourself without having to get nine other people, that'd be so awesome. But at the same time, you will never have a team of people that you play with and understand and help each other out and, and learn from, you will always just be you swinging that bat, and that's all you can do. Uh-huh. And, and something else that kills me is, I don't know if it's because over time I'm not as good as I was back then, but mm. I feel like some of these social games, like Destiny 2, for example, are getting harder and harder to the point where some of these raids and stuff, it's yeah. just for our group, it's so difficult to do, so difficult to achieve that the morales usually ended up busted and over. And then the few that do mm. got the time and motivation for it split off and just go do it themselves. And mm. the groups you get in with have such little patience for a player yeah. who's only average at the game. You know, it's, do you have this weapon? Do you have this thing? You're going to go to B. Well, let's B. Uh, we don't have time for you. Out you go. I feel like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that's always existed, but back then, when I was so ingrained into it, I just was the person who knew everything and knew how to do the stuff, and so it never crossed mm-hmm. my mind. Or if that's something that's kind of come around as the years have gone by, and I'm just not as good as I was, and I'm now the average player instead of the elite, and so I'm the one going, "Oh, I kind of know what you guys are talking about." Shut up, dude. Say hey, sorry, man. Click out. Oh, well, well I'll never know how. If no one let me oh darn i guess i'll go watch some videos (laughs) i think it's got to be a little bit of both because i mean raids have always been hard that's been the point of them is to have teamwork and bring a team to it but i think maybe the the convenience pug aspect of it is hey if the four of us are queuing up oh well we're so sick of getting that one person who doesn't talk doesn't know who is a toxic person who doesn't interact with us at all when we say hey man can you go can you go over to B do you know what that is and there's just dead silence nothing the person just runs and shoots and falls off a cliff it i mean i i wouldn't be able to deal with that if i'm trying to get this damn raid done for a month and i just keep getting put Bozo in with the people clown, who have somebody no idea. has no idea yeah i mean i see that angle so even bit. if even if you are even if you're that mid-tier guy, like, yeah, I think I know. All right, he doesn't. No, he know. doesn't know. He, he didn't say. He didn't say mm-hmm. absolutely yes. I know what we're doing. Got to get him out because we've done it 700 times, and every time Billy falls off the Bozo cliff. Bozo the clown gets in, doesn't do it right, and we got to throw him out. And this guy's going, well, maybe mm-hmm. I, I can. And of course, they don't know who I am, and they don't know who other players are that are decent but not great. That could do it mm-hmm. if given a chance to look at it and practice it once or twice. And so yeah. it's just unfortunate because that's me now. I'm the guy who's, oh, I can do it. I just need to see it a few times and I'll get it. Yeah. And there's no room for that anymore. It's, do you know the yeah. fight? Do you have this weapon? No. Bye. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, darn. <laughs> and then you're yeah. petitioning for like, and, and I'll, I'll grant Destiny this too. There's a, there's a couple guilds and couple clans or whatever you want to call them that are all about 
helping people who haven't done it or helping mm-hmm. people who don't know the way. But that's, you know, there's a huge line for that. You're at, and you know me, I hate yeah. going, oh, hey, somebody carry me. So I'm like, eh, no, I want to uh-huh. do it myself. I'm not an idiot. I can do these things. Mm-hmm. But the group I run with, they're, you know, they're just not, they weren't up to snuff. You know, I don't know if they are now because I, I quit trying a long time ago. So we'll see this mm-hmm. time around. Maybe, which maybe we'll come on another episode and have a whole different conversation. But as of now, the few people I did raid with weren't quite there, and we could never get anybody to stick around and help. They would always just mm-hmm. go, nah, bro, you know, you got to go. It's over. We ain't, we ain't trying this. Yeah. So that was always unfortunate. And I, I just feel like that's another aspect of the social thing coming in where it's like nobody's got time for that because they know they can just go mm-hmm. click the button again, get another roll of the dice and see if they end up with somebody who is running a million times and is just farming it for a specific a piece of armor or weapon. They're going to go mm-hmm. and do their part. Easy peasy. Let's get out of here. Yep, exactly. So I don't know. We kind of went, we went all around in circles with it. We've touched it. We've <laughs> caressed it in every single angle. That's true. I think at the end of it all, I come out sad. I I yeah. want I want the old interactions back. I want to have a group of people that mean something to me and are friends. Mm-hmm. And I hear of it sometimes on these these newer games, but I feel like you've mm-hmm. got to work 10 times harder for it and in in part of its mindfall cuz I think you got to also have the time for it. And I don't have the time part really anymore. Well, I think the other problem is if you're into like the video game landscape you listen to a lot of podcasts and podcasts well hey here's a podcast with two friends talking about their runs through games if you talk you know if you listen to bigger podcasts and bigger shows oh yeah me and my team who are already established maybe they're all friends outside of the game and then they all play the same games too so it's it's already there so you hear these tales of oh it's just great me and my crew we, we run through games together all the time well but how do I get into that crew? Mm. Well, you can. It's just us, you know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like maybe we're just old and crazy and just can't do it anymore. Do, do we fall off that tree and now we don't understand why we ever fell out or <laughs> what's going on? Because you know, now that we've gone over it all, I look and I go, well, I mean, I know that stuff does exist somewhat. There are clans and there are different groups and there's still guilds in world of warcraft who rock it out and raid and have a great time every week but Mm -hmm. i feel like i can't reach that anymore i feel like it's not there for me so you can't open that door the door's closed it's like everything every door's closed and you're like oh i'm just scrambling around and the only people i contact anymore like like i said the crazies out there screaming yelling hollering and you're like i don't want nothing to do with these people and Mm -hmm. then here we are oh man this sucks. There's no social aspects in any of these games. It's just crazy. They better put in that instant cue for me because I can't. I can't play make with people. friends. Yeah. yeah. So it's just around and around we go. <laughs> <laughs> now to tie it all off and finish it. Do you think that it's going to continue in this route, or do you think where we're at is a sweet spot, or do you think it's going to kind of come back around someday to like heavy interaction? I think for certain types of games, it has to come around. Like there will be those those certain games where you need communication, where you've got to have a team that's on point and doing it. So, so in certain areas, I believe that will still be there. Like raids in World of Warcraft or Destiny, or you know, some kind of big raiding scenario, it'll always be there. But I think I feel like with the way I don't want to say the way society is going, but the way people are the more people, I see more people online who don't use their mic at all than ever use their mic. So I think it's going to tilt all the way over to every kind of social game is going to have an instant roll cue now. Like I thought Overwatch would never have it. Boom, it's here now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it's going to tip all the way over there. But some pocket of it will always exist where... You know, there'll be that that 20-man raid, and to get the Duke of New York A number one gear, you have to do it. But if you're fine with getting the the B number two gear, then LFR and boom, there you Uh go. 
Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I think it's going to swing basically all the way to the other side where there's almost no social interaction mm-hmm. except for niche groups that want it and crave it and are doing their thing. Yeah. But for the most part, instant gratification and solo stuff's going to be the shtick. I even think at some point social games are going to kind of die off for the most part, and we're going to see a resurgence mm-hmm. of just single-player games except for of course your call of duty type stuff but it's going to go into that route Mm. and then i think vr is going to get better and then we're going to see a resurgence and get off of that train it's get off the vr train we're going to see every year is the year of vr here it's coming it's coming Art online brother it's going to (laughs) happen and then social is going to just go insane because at that point you're going to be inside of a virtual world type scenario and, well, right. you can't play it unless you're talking to people and doing things because you're literally, well, mm-hmm. not literally there, but figuratively speaking, you're there. You're, you're yes, avatar You have there, to yeah. look at the elf or the whatever thing you are and go, hey, I'm Juhugo. I want to team up and go run a dungeon over here. And then they have to agree and off you go. So, you know, way in the future, Matt. In the future, future. <laughs> I agree if that ever did happen. <laughs> That would have to be the way of things. Uh-huh. But at the same time, we're never going to get there. It's no, never going to happen. Man. It's always no. just around the corner. I'm I'm laying down the law Stop. right now. That's no. never going to happen. Oh, you're lying. We're going to see it before we die. The whole world will end before that no. happens. Or that will be the end of the world because everyone will just well, go into that's VR what and I just want die it to of be. starvation. Yes, not die of starvation. I've got, I'm going to get IV lines <laughs> with the vitamins and stuff set up, so I'm getting nutrients. Somebody's got to change those bags. Well, that person's going to be too busy and sort out online, man. I'm going to come out of the man. game once a day. Jeez, I'm going to come out, go to the bathroom, clean, take a shower, go for a jog, eat something in real life, sleep, no, wake not. up, that's back in lie. the game. There's, there's not going to be anything to eat in real life because everyone's going to be in Sword Art Online. Well, I'll go find all those wild, feral pets that nobody's taking care of anymore, and I'll eat them. <laughs> just, just the drones will just come with your IV packs, and that'll be it. All that, and those, like I said, the feral cats and dogs, Matt, they're going to be around for a long time. Because look at you let any of these dumb house pets mate, and they make 20,000 babies like rabbits do every year. So you imagine when all those little critters get loose and start making babies, I'll have my... I'll be able to literally open my door and probably pick up a cat. Boom, dinner. Done. Easy. Everything will be spayed and neutered by then because drones will <laughs> go around with spay and neutered They'll be bombs. swooping in. Snip, snip, snip. <laughs> Flying away. Oh, yeah. The future. <laughs> It'll just be a little gas bomb. Poof. Now they're all asleep. Snip, 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 snip. Took care of that. Oh, well, whatever. I'll just Then I'll just die inside my VR game, man. I don't even care. This is the conclusion I was trying to get Fine, us to. Don't yes, care. Eric will be dead and rotted in this VR At game. At least I'll have fun. <laughs> but I think we're yeah, getting, we're getting we're, off topic. We're we were already we're we were already way off base, <laughs> and now we're we're off base. We're in a different country. We're in the ocean, so it's time to wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So what do you guys think about our giant topic today? Are you a social gamer? Do you interact with people? Do you hop in the chat and be like, hey, man, I really like that play you made over there. Are you that toxic douchebag? Let us know your thoughts. Let us know who you are. Let us know what you think of the future of social gaming. Via email info at thirdshift.me. Tweet it at us at thirdshiftme or find us on Facebook on Third Shift. You can indeed find us over there. You can also find us over on Patreon. We treat it just like a tip jar. You like what we're doing, like what we're hearing, and want to support us, help us out, keep us rolling, keep the lights on paying the bills with the podcast consider throwing a buck in two bucks in three bucks in maybe even that coveted one million dollars in which case we'll open up a food line and we will run it we'll have babies in jars in an aisle we'll have the patented cold cocks up in an aisle for you we'll have a lion mascot dressed up running around camera set up reality tv show going on think that cool cool show superstore but on crazy crack. Okay, that's what we're that's what we're proposing here, people. So you know what? If you got a million bucks sitting around, hey, toss it our way. We'll make it worth your while, and we'll have a lot of fun doing it. And if you can't support us, though, <laughs> that's right, Eric. You tell. I will tell. But you know what? If you don't have a million bucks or even a dollar, you can throw our way. Hey, you can support us in so many other ways. You guys all know the shtick. We got mailbag questions, just general five-star ratings, thumbs-ups on this. Interactions of any kind and take are awesome and appreciated. Makes us feel good. Makes us creative and have all these cool ideas. You know the shtick. So please, help me help you. 
Absolutely. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your rear holes on the 15th of October for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And we appreciate a five-star review. I've said it before on another podcast. I probably said it on this one. But if I start seeing some five stars, maybe I got something for you. Maybe there's a story brewing. Maybe my tummy's rumbling. I don't know. I know I'm hungry for a five-star, and you could provide it. It doesn't take anything <laughs> but your soul. Get on over there. Throw us a five-star. Thank you. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... No. Forget to save. Don't forget to save, 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 save.